Hey, Village Church. Today's topic is going to be something probably of the adult nature. Yep. So if this is you and you got kids around, press pause. We'll take about three seconds for you to turn that off. Love you. This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Thanks for joining us this week. And we've got another important question. I hope the audience, by the way, read the question before they're playing this in front of their kids. Yes. Yeah. Let's put a disclaimer there. If if your children yeah. are in the car or in the room. Pause. Pause. So, Michael, the question for today is... Is masturbation a sin if your spouse isn't available, but your thoughts are only on them alone? Hmm. What do you say? I've been asked this a handful of times. I have never been asked this question. Well, here's- Generational things here, I I can tell. It's possible. You know, side comment. I mean, live comment, but you know, side comment. (laughs) One of the things that has surprised me the most about Brianne and I's pastoral leadership and ministry is how much- sexual counseling we do. Yeah. And on my side, how little I usually do with my generation or the generations above me. Oh yeah. When a couple gets married, uh, I have to go through full biology training. Mm. I've got like my own mental course that I go through with every guy and it is detailed. Yeah. It is biology. It is every, you name it. And, and when we get done every guy so far, one had opted not to do it. Um, I tell them beforehand, you can choose not to or whatever. Every guy except for one has done it. And they've all been like, that saved my butt. Wow. Okay. It's been really interesting. The hours and hours that we spent with couples before they're married and after they're married on sexuality. Mm. It's just profound. I've had men call me on their wedding night. Wow. Now I have to tell people (laughs) in premarital, I will have my phone on the night you get married and throughout your honeymoon. I have no category for that. And if you need something, don't let this be a terrible week or a terrible day because you guys couldn't resolve something. Mm. Do not give the devil a foothold. Yeah. So this question has actually come up. It comes up um, semi-regularly, I would say, with couples who are getting married because we give them some categories of uh, discussions that they have to talk about. So parents, as I tell you this, kids should not be in the room right now. Okay, yes. we're good. Can I just say some yes. like very direct sexual things right now? There are conversations that every couple before they get married need to have. I'm not saying that I have an opinion on any of these. I mean, I do have strong you have opinions. An opinion. Whether or not I have my opinions or your opinion, listener, whatever, if couples don't talk about these, then eventually weird things start to happen. Yes. Oral sex, period sex, anal sex, and masturbation. Mm-hmm. Those are the four things that before a couple gets married, they need to sit down and talk about. Yeah, they need to talk about those things. And what I've learned is that I, I can't script their conclusions because I just have to say, here are the topics. And I look at the dude and I say, now you go. Mm-hmm. You have the talk. Yeah. Is it weird? Yeah. But guess what? Sex is weird. So like this whole thing is weird. Yeah. If you can't talk about this, mm-hmm. the health of your sex relationship is your ability to discuss. Yes. So here's why I tell everybody all these kind of details. I tell them that because in scripture, and this is this is a strange anomaly, every sexual act you can imagine is directly talked about in scripture or even indirectly. Yes but never masturbation. Yeah. Not once, not even hinted at. 
some people have tried to pull out references from Onan and Genesis where he spills the seed on the ground. Well, that wasn't masturbation. He was actually having sex with a woman in that yes. context. And so there is zero mention. You would think, I mean, this is what I tell guys. Uh, this is a, uh, for almost every man, a universal experience of adolescence is you figure this out in adolescence. Mm -hmm. It is just a reality of life. I've yet to meet a dude who didn't figure it out in adolescence as they started right. going to puberty. Uh, it's like this subject comes after us. And so uh, it's interesting that that one of the most consistent human experiences that, by the way, has cast more shame and guilt on men than almost anything else, more than porn. More, I mean, this subject has made men feel so worthless, uh, unlike any other subject on the planet. And when you're 13 and 12 and 10 and 14 and you're experiencing these desires and you realize you have this capacity, it is it is utterly a dark place for a lot of kids, mm -hmm. which is why we're having conversations with moms and dads now in right. their 30s and 40s yeah. with kids who are going through adolescence and like, no, you don't get to not talk about it. Yeah, you you got to shepherd your child. Otherwise, this will be a shaming dark season mm -hmm. for them and their sexuality is a God-given great thing. Now you got to teach them how to control it and to use it. As I say that, it is strange to me that the Bible never touches on the subject. It drives me nuts, yeah. actually. So what I would basically tell people is, look, if we're talking about before marriage, I've never seen masturbation do any benefit for anybody before, before marriage. Before marriage, correct. It almost always, 99.9% .9 of the time, becomes a downward spiral for young men. Mm -hmm. That being said, because that's how powerful. All right. So my son actually just walked into the studio on that conversation, which is a great <laughs> irony. But I'll, I'll say this. Uh, before you're married, that's that's the reality. But But after marriage, here's what I would tell people. Talk about it. Talk about it. I don't have Come a strong conclusion. conviction. Other than, other than the, it needs to be discussed, agreed upon, mm -hmm. and the default relationship between a husband and a wife is that they're together. Yeah, that they are sharing it together. Now, if there's a, an extended season and they have agreed and talked about it and there's certain whatever, I'm, I'm not just going to have a lot of judgment for them. I'm just going to say, if you're not talking about it, there should be no secrets. Yes. This should be a completely open part of your life. I lean towards saying you have self-control mm -hmm. and maybe these are seasons where first Corinthians seven, six, seven, whatever, seven, seven. Yeah. it's okay to abstain, but only for a while for the purpose of prayer. And maybe, maybe like if Jesus was in the room and you asked him, I have a hunch you might say, why don't you actually use these seasons to pray together yeah. and to figure that out and then come together when you're back so the devil doesn't get a foothold. But maybe these are like, injected seasons of prayer and fasting into your life and you can redeem them for that instead of just walking into what might be a gray area. Yeah. Now, if a couple chooses to not see it as a gray area and to say, no, it's fine. We've talked about it. They have to be unified on it though. Got to be unified. So I, I tend to be just really gracious with couples knowing that everyone's different. When the Bible is silent on something, I just try really hard to not come down with extra law. So that's about what I would say. I can't speak for their conscience, but oh, I will say this. What I tell the guys, remember we talked about the three, yeah. four issues that yeah. they have to talk yeah. to their right. fiancés about before they get married? Yeah. I always tell the guy, don't tell them what you want. Yeah. Listen to where they're at. And if she says, if you're comfortable with one of them and she says, I'm not, mm -hmm. you don't push. Yeah. This is not about you getting what you want. Right. It is about you serving. Yes. Typically, because of the porn industry, typically a lot of guys are a lot more willing and interested in doing a lot more things mm -hmm. than Christian women are. Yeah. And 
Um, one of the things I tell guys is like, look, this is not an opportunity for you to act out your addictions. Yes. This is an opportunity for you to die. To care for her. Right. And if she's not comfortable, you don't get to like put her in uncomfortable positions no. or make her feel like she's not able to be everything you need sexually because mm -hmm. she's not able to reenact a quasi perverted fantasy that you've had because yeah. of an addiction to a sinful thing that has ruined you. So I tell the guys like typically, Hey, let them tell you where they're at. Yeah. And then you tell them where you're at. But if she already says, I'm not comfortable, just say, cool. Yep. Never come up again. If you change your mind, I guess we could talk about it, but I'm, I'm happy. Yep. So anyways, that being said, well, listeners, thanks for joining us this week. Please come back next time when we go in a totally different direction. And the question will be, who is Melchizedek? 